0: This is Moonshine and Scoreboards with Kevin, Landon, and Justin.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Moonshine and Scoreboards. I'm your host, Kevin, and this week I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Justin. Justin, how are we doing?
0: I'm doing good. I am riding high after a, a big weekend of, of Tennessee wins and, uh, right. you know, maybe some Tennessee Vol for Life wins as well. So I'm hoping to keep that going this week. Keep the energy going. I'm I'm ready. I'm fired up. Let's do this.
1: Yeah, man. I'm glad that you uh, came on here and joined us and didn't have us pick picking like Indonesian basket weaving this week on the pub dubs, you know. Uh, funny, you give us some crazy games when a week that you're not on, you give me and Landon some weird some games to pick, some duds. But well, it's all good. It's all good. You had to, you know, build your lead up somehow. It's okay. I understand how the system goes.
0: <laughs> you, do you really want to go there, Kevin? Would you like to talk <laughs> no.
1: about the records? No, 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 no. We don't want to talk about the pub dips today. We'll talk about or later on. We'll, we'll okay. wait to the end of the show. If we have to mention my record last week, then we'll mention it then. It's fine. It's no, no big deal. Nobody cares about that. Mm. Nobody listens to that part. That's what we'll you see. always say, right? Don't take our gambling advice.
0: I, well, I tell people not to take our advice, but I think people enjoy listening to those picks and then finding out what the results are. That's I know that like I enjoy um, the fact that now I am. Well, right, right below first place, but at least not at the bottom. I enjoy that. Yeah, it's.
1: It, I will say it's lonely at the bottom. It is. <laughs> uh, how the how the mighty have fallen. Two weeks ago, I was sitting at the top, and now I'm six feet under. Uh, Sorry. lots <laughs> of time okay. to come back. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's have to come back from one and nine, but it's okay. We'll come back. Uh, um, but let's dive into week ten. The recap of college football. Like like I said, we got a pretty jam packed show this week like you said we have all the vol sports or two vol sports going on and, and lots of fun stuff with uh, Tennessee um, and like me and Mennon had kind of talked about last week is the college football is kind of getting hot and heavy and yeah. so I think we should go ahead and just dive into that the week 10 recap uh, Tennessee they played UConn they beat UConn, 59-3. Uh, to three. Um, Not too much to say about this game. I mean, Joe Milton looked good uh, for the little bit that he played. The defense scored three touchdowns, looked good. Um, I mean, this is kind of the games that you expect of a homecoming game and, and of a good program to kind of dominate their homecoming game, and I'm glad that we're at that point in our program where we can just – not really worry about that. Oh, and some guy named Nico played. I don't know. Um, um, they 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 say that he's supposed to be the next big thing or whatever. Uh, he did look really good for what it's he worth. Did. He did look really good. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and, and just I'll jump in on that and just say
0: I was excited when he got in, although his debut in the second half was a bit delayed because there were two straight pick sixes in the second yeah. half. Yeah,
1: insane.
0: You just kind of jumped over the fact that there were three defensive touchdowns, which is, <laughs> it ties the record for Tennessee. And, you know, I get it. We were playing UConn, lowly UConn, who is one of the worst teams in Division One football. And, I mean, but you, you look back over the history of Tennessee football, we've played a lot of cupcakes. Three defensive touchdowns is mm-hmm. nothing to scoff at. Two pick sixes and a scoop score. And I got to tell you, um, I was excited to see that. Of course, that gave us plenty of breathing room going into the it, when Nico finally did hit the field in the second half. My, my takeaway watching him was that he looks like a gamer. You know yeah, what I he mean? Does. Yeah, like he, he does. He gets on the field. He looks like he's going to make plays. He's going to make something happen, and you you get that kind of feel watching him, which is very very exciting for the future.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know his his two drives he only played two series which, which is questionable <laughs> um, I know on the sports source sunday morning I was watching it and and they were kind of ripping Hypel apart for that but I think that Hypel kind of did that intentionally like it was like I know what the fans I know that the fans want to see this guy everybody wants to see him so I'll give you a little sprinkle I mean I think Hypel knows how good he is because obviously hypele's seen him a lot more than we have yeah. So I think Heupel knows how good he is. And he was like, I'll give you a little sprinkle of what he does, but I ain't going to give you the whole, the whole shebang yet. Oh. Um, and of course, Gaston Moore transferred over here. And so they wanted to reward him and get him some playing time as well. Um, but I will say that his two drives that he, he, he had, he looked good, man. I mean, that scrambling pass where he was scrambling, I believe it was on the running to his right mm-hmm. and threw it on the run and it was a dime. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, buddy, give me some of that. Yep. Um, The only thing I will say that I'm worried about is he's a string bean up there, man. He is. Yeah. He's tiny. He, he, well, he's isn't he gonna, like, he's like 6'6
0: and he weighs like 215 or something. And yeah. He's he, going he to have to put on some like, weight. Yeah. He needs, he needs to get in that nutrition program. He needs to, you know, hit the weight room. But, but yeah, I mean. It was promising to see him. I was also glad to see Navy Shuler get a chance to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. That was a nice moment. Had Heath Schuler on the on the sidelines in attendance and got to see his son play for Tennessee wearing 21, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like what I was thinking about it is I I think the goal was like you said, let's give the fa- let's give the fans a taste of, of what Nico can do. No reason, and, and maybe he feels like there's no reason to get him out there and do too much because he's seeing enough in practice that he feels confident in Nico. Um, and like you said, we've got a couple other guys who deserve, you know, a chance to see the field if they get that chance, but also maybe having Nico on the field with the ability that he has, unless you just decide to take a knee or hand off to the, you know, to one of our amazing running backs, um, over and over again, maybe that still feels like you're being too aggressive and trying to put on the points. I was actually very surprised that there was some, uh, sour grapes from Jim Mora at the end of the game. Cause I'm like, yeah. dude, <laughs> dude, we put in our fourth string
1: quarterback. What mm-hmm. do you want us to do? Like, yeah, I think, um, I was reading an article today about it and hype is a nice guy and, and the fans love him. But the fact that his offense is as good as it is, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to say, oh, I will say, it's the system. It's his system. Yeah. That it really doesn't matter who you have in there. You're going to score points Mm -hmm. um, if the, if the opponent's inferior. And so, like you said, it's not like Hypo was trying to run up the score. And, and I forget who wrote the article or where I, where I saw it, but I was reading it today and they were like, The opposing teams, they don't like getting the scores run up on them, obviously. Um, But like Heupel is not doing it intentionally, you know. And and what I like to see is I like to see him embrace that role of like, okay, you know, what do you want me to do, man? Like, I can't, I can't take people from the Tennessee School of the Blind and have them come play. Come play, you know. You are not, you can't stop us. That's on you. That's not my problem. Um and hypo giving that nice little shrug over their shoulder and being like this, this dummy was right. I, I thought was pretty funny. Not to mention, UConn was like warming up on Tennessee's half of the field before the game. Yeah, trying to intimidate Tennessee and hypo came out there before any players. Hypo came out there and was like, "Y'all need to get on the other side of the field. Yeah. Like, get out of here." And I mean, I get it. UConn big game for UConn. They're trying to. Do something there. I mean, they have one win. Um, they're trying to do something, and Jim Mora, he's his good coach. Um, but they're they're trying to do something down there, and I and I get it. But you got to also read the room at who you're playing and what day it is. You're their, you're our homecoming game, so you know, lather up, buddy, because you're about to get popped. Right. Uh, and so you know, but I. I will say it was cool to see um, Jalen McCullough and Tyler Barron both score back-to-back. Yeah. Uh, those are two guys that have been here for a long time. I, I believe McCullough's been here five years, and I believe Tyler Barron's a senior. Um, and so it was real cool. And I think Aaron Beasley's a senior, too, actually. He's either a senior or a sophomore. Um, but it was cool to see those two, you know, after as much as you put into the program for as long as you've been here, you know, to score a touchdown, especially as a defensive guy. It doesn't happen that often. Um. Now, J- granted, Jalen McCullough was a couple weeks late on the pick six that I caught against Alabama, but <laughs> better better late than never. Um. But yeah, it was a easy win. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I did turn the game off the main screen after Nico came out. I flipped it over to the screen on the left. I was like, all right, I've seen all I need to see. Um. But uh, it, it was nice to see. You know. See the defense finish off the shutout of UConn in the end zone, not letting them in the end zone. So yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, good
0: to see that, and and also a uh, big fan of seeing Jalen Wright continue to put up the big rushing numbers. He had a 82 yard rushing touchdown in this one. So man, um, just just I have to keep patting myself on the back for that preseason uh, MVP yeah. on the Tennessee team because. Jalen Wright is looking like, I know he doesn't have the most rushing yards in the SEC. I think he's third in terms of rushing yards, but yards per carry. Uh, and it, I, I, the only thing that makes me sad for him is it hasn't really translated to a lot of touchdowns for Jalen Wright. But, mm-hmm. but man, he's having a great year, and, and I love to see that. I, I think it's amazing that right now Tennessee has the number one rushing offense and the number one rushing defense in the SEC after a year where we had a quarterback who was putting up, the kind of numbers that was leading us to one of the best passing offenses in the country before he went down with his ACL. So, I mean, t- talk about switching gears. I-, I know we were saying Josh Josh Heupel likes to run, and he says like uh, running the ball is the bread and butter of this offense. But usually, you get the big plays and you get the points from the the bombs that you're setting up with all the the other plays around the field. But this year. It's it's really been the rushing game, and, and it's it's fun to watch. It's it's funny, you think about, like, airing out the ball is is the exciting brand of football people want to watch, but when you've got an effective, explosive running game, that is just as fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it is, and what's exciting is we've seen Hypo do it with a quarterback. We've seen Hypo do it with running backs. Now next year, he's going to have a really good quarterback and if he can keep Dylan Sampson here, which I believe that he, I believe that he will, he will be able to, um, he'll have a really good running back too. arguably the best running back out of the three that we have right now. I li- I like Jalen, Wright And I like Jabari small. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think talent wise Dylan Sampson is, is the best back that we have. Granted he's young, he's the youngest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I understand that's why he's not getting used the most, uh, I do think that out of the 3 of those he is our best back. Um and I just can't wait for next year to see him and Nico and my man Squirrel just light it up. It's going to yeah. be it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. The hype train for 2024 has already begun. <laughs> it's already building <laughs> up steam. Yeah. It's already building up steam. Yeah. Um I guess we can go ahead and talk about the rest of the rest of the nation because last Saturday was a pretty big college football day. Um, not as much chaos as we as I thought was gonna be, uh. But there was some chaos. Um, we could start with we're going start with the last bedlam ever that we didn't oh, even yeah. talk about last week. Um, what barely even mentioned it. Uh, Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma twenty-seven to twenty-four. Uh, that was a fun game. Uh, I didn't know that bedlam was the second longest consecutive rivalry uh, in oh, college bad. football history. I, I know they've either. been playing like they've been playing like since before Oklahoma was a state I'm pretty sure like it's I, it's like a hundred and something years that they've been playing, which is wild um, but the the cowboys they send the Sooners out of the big twelve with a big fat loss um in this rivalry kind of popping oklahoma's dream at getting revenge or getting to the big 12 championship. Um, now with two losses two in-conference losses, don't see that happening. Right. Um, and Mike Gundy, I believe that's the second time, second or third time he's won this game. And of course, you know, he had some fun things to say afterwards um, and leading into the game, actually. Um, even dating back to last season or to the off season, when he was asked about you know how sad he is that Bedlam won't continue after this year, and he was like, "That's Oklahoma's fault. That's not my fault. Like, they're <laughs> the ones that left." Um, okay, that wasn't the question, so, but okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, Dundee's a character, and in Oklahoma State, you know, they're right in the thick of it for the big 12 getting it for getting the big 12 championship. I mean, that's a wide open conference, especially as we are getting into the thick of things towards the playoff. Um, now you're trying to look and see at who's a playoff contender, who's a new year six contender, things like that. Um, Oklahoma state, probably not a, definitely not a playoff contender, but a big 12 contender. And if you win the big 12, you're going into a new year six bowl. Um, so, you never know what could happen there.
0: Yeah, but you know they're they're heading down to Orlando to play UCF this week. And um UCF, I don't know if you know this, but space every universe. year, yeah, every year yeah. UCF has a space game. And for the space game, they wear special uniforms that honor the United States space program and they're doing that again this Saturday, which I think is so cool. I love their space uniforms. Um Yeah. They've never lost in the space uniform. And and UCF UCF has been real close in a couple games. They almost beat Oklahoma themselves, at Oklahoma. So it's a home game in the bounce house. I mean, UCF is poised to play spoiler on Oklahoma State, and I got to tell you, that's one to keep an eye on, I think.
1: Oh, Justin's calling a shot for the upset. I like it. I'm just saying. Um... (laughs) as somebody who caught a lot of shots for upsets last week, it doesn't really work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, one of the upsets that I did call, uh, one of the upsets I thought I was going to get right was over in the West coast, Washington traveled to USC. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that USC was going to come out kind of like with a chip on their shoulder. um, and kind of come out aggressive. And they did. Uh, this final was 52-42, but the game was a lot closer than the scoreboard. Um, kind of got out of hand a little bit. and um, I mean, a late field goal is why, why it was a 10-point game, but USC was in the game the entire game. Uh, Caleb Williams had a fantastic game. Um, and I do, I, I am going to say this. I know he's kind of a jerk and he's been kind of a jerk in the off season and this year and the painting the nails and this, that, and the other. But seeing him after they lost and after he had a great game and his defense could do absolutely nothing and seeing him go up to his mom and crawl in the stands and just sit there and cry with his mom, that was kinda sad. I was like I felt kinda bad for him. I was like, damn dude, like I can't imagine what it must feel like to be him to know, you know, I'm the defending Heisman winner and you know that he's on social media. So you know that he sees, you know, he's a projected number one draft pick. You know that he sees, you know, he's, he's, I mean, you know how good, he knows how good he is. And to know that the reason that he's losing these games, it's completely and totally out of his control. Like, I applaud him for being able to keep his head on his shoulders and not just absolutely start swinging his helmet at every defender on his team. Because I would just, I don't know that I'd be able to do the same thing if I was him. I'd be pissed at my defense 24-7 if they just did nothing. And I mean, Lincoln Riley did take a step in the right direction, I believe. He, He fired Alex Grinch the next day which is something that USC fans have been calling for for like 2 years. Um but I, I don't know man. I just feel like they kind of wasted what could have been something special with Caleb Williams by you know squandering away. I mean they're unranked for the first time under Lincoln Riley. USC is unranked and well, you yeah. have the defending Heisman winner as your quarterback.
0: He's only been there for Two minutes, so I mean, right, that was a long streak. But um, I want to say my my biggest concern about all of this is that Lincoln Riley just fired the Grinch right before <laughs> we're heading into the holiday season, and I don't know if you know too much about the Grinch, but like he wasn't in a great mood, and that's why he wanted to steal Christmas from the Who's. So I feel and like we're, we're just setting. Out. I think he's setting all of us up for a really sad disappointing Christmas if we've got an angry grinch over there on the west coast that's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Well,
1: I'm I'm so worried about no, no. that. This is the yeah. Grinch origin story actually is yeah. what it is.
0: It could be. He's going to go he's <laughs> going to become rec- reclusive he's going to move up to like the uh you know they've got the the mountains over there in California he, they've got ski resorts you know they always say in California you can be in the beach in the morning and ski at night. He's going to go up in the mountains. He's gonna turn green for some reason and get real hairy,
1: <laughs> and then come down in and wreak havoc. Him. Yeah, we're all in for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried. Um, but yeah, that was that was a good nightcap. Another good nightcap was Alabama and LSU. We thought that was going to be a good game. Um, I think th- I think that this would have been a better game if Jaden Daniels would have been able to play the whole game. Um, mm-hmm. He did get knocked out in the third, like, yeah, about about three quarters of the way through the third quarter, he got knocked out. He took a gnarly hit from Dallas Turner. Uh, that I think it was a. I don't think it was a dirty play. Um, I can't believe I'm defending Alabama, but I don't think it was a dirty play. Uh, but I think it, I think the game would have been a little bit closer. He was having a great game, um, but he wasn't having like, you know, when a team beats Alabama. You have that like super special performance. I think of Jalen Hyatt last year. I think of Johnny Manziel the year that they beat Alabama. Um, Jaden Daniels wasn't having that kind of game. He was having a good game, but he wasn't like making miraculous plays mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so I, I don't know that LSU would have won. I think it would have been a little bit of a closer game, though. Um, my biggest takeaway from this game. I think A&M should have beat Alabama when they have the chance because yeah, this, I think they're a big, bad elephant that's awoken. I don't know that this train can be stopped now. I, They look really damn good. Yeah, they look good. Um, on both sides of the ball. I mean, Jalen Milrow, credit to Tommy Reese because he's finally figured out how to call plays for Jalen Milrow. And Jalen Milrose just—I mean, he's not doing it through the air, but I mean, he's—he's he's a bowling ball running. You got two bowling balls. You got Jace McCle- McClellan out of the backfield, and then you have Jalen Milrow out of the quarterback position. Um, and and then that defense is insane. The—the the thing that I want to know. Everybody's talking about this Michigan thing, okay? Yeah. What Michigan thing? I don't know what. You're what Michigan about. thing? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know the cheating scandal, all that stuff, sign stealing, oh, that all one. that good jazz. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which we might dive into a little bit. Uh, later. I want to know how in the world Alabama can look like complete and total dog crap in the first half of the game, and look like the best team in the nation in the second half of the game. Yeah, now, I'm. I, I'm not saying that they're cheating, <laughs> but I'm not saying that they're not cheating. Something's going on
0: there. Interesting. Interesting. Um,
1: I did not know you
0: were going to take it that that direction.
1: Huh? Yeah, I think something's going on there. I mean, you look at the three games that they've played against teams that are currently ranked minus Texas, mm-hmm. is Tennessee, Ole Miss and LSU, okay? Yep. Alabama has outscored those three teams. 56 to 10 in the second half.
0: Wow. Now that's a, that's a staggering number.
1: That's a staggering number. And it was the same thing as the Tennessee game with this LSU game. And LSU went into halftime thinking we've got a real chance to do this. Yeah. And Alabama came out and just punched them square in the jaw in the second half and was like, no, you don't. Um, and, and you know the same thing happened with Ole Miss. Ole Miss went—I I believe that they were tied going into halftime. We had what was it—a fourteen-point lead, a seventeen-point lead going into halftime, something like that. And suddenly, you're telling me that Ole Miss, Tennessee, and LSU forget to play fo- forget how to play football in the second half against Alabama? I don't think so, buddy. So, uh, like I said, I'm not saying that they are but I'm not saying that they're not. <laughs> I think if, you know, granted the SEC is not going to look into it, absolutely not. Um but but maybe, you know, maybe the NCAA starts looking into all these teams and says, "You know what? Let's let's go to the SEC and look and see what Alabama's doing." Well, maybe. But
0: but I will say according to the rules, the problem wouldn't be if Alabama is somehow getting an advantage by stealing signs in the game, that's allowed. They're allowed to do that as long as as they're not using any kind of technology to do it, I guess. Um, Right. So, and, and, but, but even, you know, I would go back to earlier. You said, you don't, you don't think the hit from Dallas Turner was a, a dirty hit. I think it was a textbook targeting hit. I mean, as, as a defensive lineman or a, a defensive back or a linebacker, you know if you hit helmet to helmet that that is a targeting hit. You, you can't lead with your helmet. Just move your head to the side. And, I mean, I think you could tell. He Now, look, I've seen a lot worse in terms of, like, ear-holing somebody with the top of your helmet or whatever. But he went under the face mask with his helmet I think yeah, the, I mean uh, I think he broke his jaw is what I think was, happened. It, I'm just saying I'm not gonna say there was intent. What I'm gonna say is he didn't try not to do that. Okay. Right. And and the fact that we saw it in our game, we've seen other examples of it. For some reason, Alabama avoids flags. I don't know how. Um yeah. that's me that to me is the bigger problem. Now I didn't watch the Alabama LSU game. I don't know if similar stuff was happening in that game aside from this because I did see this hit because it was all over the internet and then I I did see a, a couple plays in the game but um I I just think it's it was kind of wild and I I do think Saban's a good coach. I think he's the kind of coach and his staff are the kind of coaches that could make um halftime adjustments. Um and maybe this Alabama team just takes a while to get going. There are teams like that and we certainly yeah. see that in college football. Um But it would be so much cooler if they're cheating. the dramatics would be great. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Especially if somehow they were tied up with this Michigan thing. Who knows?
1: Yeah. Connor Stallions has a clone that works for Alabama, a twin brother named Donner Stallions, and he works for Alabama. And I don't know. He gets the signs through, you know, I can't remember if the Ole Miss game was at Alabama, but I do know that the Tennessee and the LSU game was at Alabama. And it's funny that you know those games were so lopsided in the second half, being in Tuscaloosa. Let
0: I mean, Ole Miss you know, was. It was at home.
1: Oh, so it was in the Grove. Okay. No, no, no. So it, never was, it was. It was.
0: In it Tuscaloosa. was at Alabama. Yeah, yeah.
1: Interesting, huh?
0: Yeah. All huh. three of those
1: home. For, for well... Ben. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna say they weren't, but I'm not gonna say they were either. So we'll just, you know, we'll just leave that up for discussion. Um, maybe the NCAA pays a Tuscaloosa visit. Um, you know,
0: and even though even though they lost the Texas game, they scored eighteen of their twenty four in
1: the second half. Yep, I'm telling you, man. Something, (laughs) something fishy's going on there. There's no way that you can come out. Yes, you are correct. There are teams that start slow. I get that, but fifty-six to ten against three ranked teams. That that's something fishy's going on there. Um, The other big SEC game, Georgia and Missouri played. um, The the Bulldogs won thirty to twenty-one. My big takeaway from this game was that Missouri's actually pretty good, um, and, and Georgia might not be as good as as everybody thinks that they are, because uh, Missouri was in this game the entire game, had a real good chance to win it. Uh, I think the only the play that decided this game was that strip sack, or it was the interception that Brady Cook threw to the defensive lineman um, that he took it, almost scored, and. When you're playing the back-to-back national champions, you can't make mistakes like that. Um, he just made a mistake, dumb pass, intercepted, and kind of turned the momentum. That make I mean that literally just flips it from you're down four, or you're down three to now you're down nine. You know what right. I mean? It's it's that's how that's how the, they that's how Georgia wins. They take advantage of your mistakes, and that's why they're the back-to-back. Defending national champions.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I mean, a team like Georgia just finds a way to win um, because that's their culture. They just they win football games. Um, you know, Missouri. I, it's it's interesting. You said maybe Missouri's pretty good. Maybe Georgia isn't as good as we thought. I I mean, maybe one of those two things is true. I I think that it's more likely this year. That Georgia has come down a bit, because um, really I you look at the, right. You look at the rest of the of the season, and Missouri hasn't really. G- the, Georgia's really the best team. I mean, easily <laughs> the best team that Missouri's played. But uh, but otherwise, uh, who else would you put on that list? Kentucky, um,
1: uh, Kentucky, LSU, and Kansas State. Yeah, well, and, and they against, none the, like, of those three know. teams are like really good. I feel like yeah
0: I would agree, so I don't know i I just think I do think Missouri is a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I think Georgia is a very good team, but I also don't think they're a great team that's that's my takeaway
1: right i think I think that's a good takeaway um i I just want to tell Tyler from Spartanburg to eat a bag of dicks um. <laughs> Maybe don't call in saying that your coach that's been there for like 20 years is overrated and doesn't deserve to make his salary. So maybe Clemson would have kept losing instead of beating Notre Dame. Just just throwing that out there, Tyler from Spartanburg. Uh, <laughs> he's, I appreciate the, he's the
0: motivator that got Clemson to go out and beat Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, I mean. Tyler. <laughs> between Tyler from Spartanburg and Sam Hartman forgetting how to play football, it was a rough noon start. <laughs> For Notre Dame, Sam Hartman, once again, played, like, donkey crap. Um, I don't know, man. I, I've heard talk this week about, like, Marcus Freeman not being the guy, this, that, and the other. I don't think that's the case. I think Marcus Freeman is a great head coach. Um, I mean, maybe you were sold a bag of fake gold with Sam Hartman. I don't know. He, he's looked great. There's been times that he's looked great. There's been times that he's looked like trash. To me, after the Ohio State game, he's looked like a totally different quarterback than the first three games of the season. Um, but, yes, Notre Dame lost again. So Well, there's that. I'm just going to say,
0: I mean, part of it is our fault because we all picked Notre Dame last week. Um, and a lot. We picked them by a lot, too. Yeah. Well, did did Landon also pick them? I think he did.
1: Yeah, he did. He and he said big.
0: <laughs> that was one of the games he. Yeah, he missed. Landon had a good week last week. Um, so that so it's partially our, our fault, but I it, it was a surprise to me because I maybe it was motivation. Maybe you know who knows. Maybe Dabo got a little kick in the pants and it 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 uh, spread to the team this week. I don't. No, maybe maybe Notre Dame was a little flat. Like you said, Hartman had a bad game. Um, I don't think that this means Clemson is all of a sudden a, b- much no. better than what we thought they were. No. <laughs> um, but I think Notre Dame is – it was like I, I made that joke about Marcus Freeman when uh, they were playing Louisville, and, and he came out of the halftime, and he was like, Notre Dame has to just stop beating Notre Dame. And yeah. I think that's still the case.
1: Yep, Notre Dame just has to stop beating Notre Dame because if yeah. Sam Hartman doesn't throw three interceptions, yeah. I think Notre Dame probably wins the game. <laughs> yep. If Notre Dame leans on their six, five 250-pound bowling ball of a running back, I think Notre Dame probably wins the game. But instead of feeding the number two running back on Mel Kuyper's draft board <laughs> the entire game, they said, oh, let's let Sam Hartman throw the ball. And... Look what happens. I mean, if you feed Audrey Estime, you typically kind of turns out well for you. Just, right. just a thought. Um, your Florida State Seminoles, they keep winning, staying alive. Um, and then Texas escaped Kansas State. Uh, Ole Miss escaped A&M. And that will lead us to week 11. I'm going to breeze through just a couple of games before we get into pub dubs, if that's all right. Sure, let's do it. All right, let's go. Um you got USC traveling to Oregon. Uh man. <laughs> it it
0: already get a read on.
1: Yeah, it's tough to it must be tough to be a USC fan cuz you, you you get you come close against Washington and you're like, "Oh, maybe we can bounce back next week and I think a team that's better than Washington's coming to town or you're going to their house next week." Uh so Uh, I expect another high-scoring game, but I I don't know that firing Alex Grinch is the answer for USC, uh, at least this year. I think the damage has already been done, and I kind of think Oregon's going to roll here. Um, The game that I want, there's two games that I want our listeners, and you especially, Mm -hmm. to pay attention to. Okay. First one is Miami at Florida State. I think, I don't know, this is a huge rivalry, and something tells me that Miami might just kind of shock, shock the nation and, and knock off Florida State. Why do I think that? I have no idea other than this is just a rivalry game and kind of crazy things happen in rivalry games. I don't think Miami's as bad as their record says they are. I mean, granted, after the Georgia Tech loss, they've kind of like tumbled after that um but what better time to kind of get it together than against your rival uh yeah
0: that's that's true but it is it's in doke campbell stadium it is um and is this a 330
1: kick let's check
0: I, I i'm not sure but i just think that um i think no i think notre dame i'm still on notre dame can we talk more notre dame I
1: think, no, 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 no more Notre Dame. <laughs> I,
0: I think Florida State is pretty good. I think they're deserving of their number four ranking, and they're right now they're fourth in the playoff picture as well. It is,
1: it is a three thirty game.
0: It's a three thirty game. Uh, I think. I think that the 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 X factor here is Jordan Travis, because I think ninety nine percent of the time he's a playmaker and and he's. He he really fuels the offense, and then there's like a one percent of the time where he just looks like off. Um, so I mean, he's having a great year. He's he's I don't know you know obviously I don't know what I'm talking about. He's thrown 19 touchdowns to two interceptions, but
1: um, no, th- well I get what up- you're saying because it he's he's like very quiet.
0: Yeah, it and is. He- it, yeah, yeah. It's it's a very his his, his for some reason. He goes like very under the radar. Um, yeah,
1: I would have never guessed that he had 19 touchdowns to two interceptions.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a crazy good stat line. Um, mm-hmm. how however, I I do think that it's pretty important to know if Keon Coleman's going to be back for Florida State because yes,
1: that's what I was going to ask you.
0: <laughs> and, and I and I really don't know. I but I'll say that it, you know I have watched a lot of Florida State this year, watching with my girlfriend Casey. And when I've seen Keon Coleman play, I'm like, that is an NFL receiver. Like he's just no doubt he's he's the best player on their offense. So I think they will go um, as Keon Coleman goes for the rest of the year. If he if he comes back and he's and he's fine and strong, then he'll be all right. They'll be all right. But um, I don't know. I I think I don't think Miami. I don't think Miami um, is quite as good as what you're you kind of feel like they are. Um and I mean Florida State's a fourteen point favorite in this one mm-hmm. according to the matchup predictor they have an eighty five percent chance to win. I mm-hmm. I really don't. I know it's a rivalry game and crazy things happen, but it maybe it's close. It could be a close one, but I think Florida State pulls this out. I think Florida State's running the table to be honest, because then you know they've got a cupcake and then Florida and they're, Florida's not going to. Yeah, I
1: mean this is their last big you know challenge until yeah. the ACC championship game.
0: Yeah, so. Um, I I would. This is not an upset for me. I don't think Florida State's on upset watch this week. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call this. But but really, you know, even if Keon Coleman doesn't play, I I still think they're okay. I just don't think huh. Miami is good enough to do it um, on the road. Right.
1: I yeah. I mean, I, can, I I just the two factors that I had was that it's a rivalry game, and crazy things happen like that. And the number yeah. two was was Keon Coleman. If yeah. if he doesn't play, then I could definitely see. I mean, I wouldn't. I would be surprised if Florida State lost, but I wouldn't be shocked. Um, in the same breath, I wouldn't be shocked if Florida State just steamrolls Miami. Right. Um, so you know, it's one of those games where I'm not going to sit here and say I think Miami's going to win. I do think Florida State's probably going to win. Uh, I'll save my big upset for another game. Okay. But I, I, I do think that I do think that Florida State's gonna end up winning the other game that I want you to watch out for. Noon kickoff in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm. Alabama at Kentucky. Okay. I'm I'm just saying Ray Davis is a really good running back. Alabama won't be at home to make their crazy second half adjustment. Bryant Denny, you know, Donner Stallions doesn't do his work on the road. Um, yeah, that's only a home thing. So, Devin Leary's having a great couple of games. Um, you know, he threw for over over 300 yards against Tennessee. I think he had a pretty good game against um, Mississippi State, which that's not saying much. Uh, I... <laughs> It would not shock me this is this is my big upset. It would not shock me if Kentucky beat Alabama outright wow. i would I wouldn't be shocked at all um, just because there has to be like another shoe to drop. You know what I mean? There mm-hmm. has to be some more chaos this season and and what better chaos than big, bad Alabama that everybody's saying is back? Going to Lexington, to Lexington, not for a basketball game, but for a football game and and losing, that would be crazy. And Tennessee fans, I will say that Tennessee fans should be cheering for Kentucky on Saturday, Um, as will Ole Miss fans. Ole Miss fans would be cheering very hard for Kentucky because if Kentucky wins and Ole Miss wins – and Ole Miss wins out. They're in the SEC championship game, not Alabama. Why, um, why do
0: Tennessee fans want that?
1: You want to play Alabama again?
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> well first, <laughs> first of all, my answer is yes, I do. Oh,
1: really? I don't. I would I much rather play Ole Miss.
0: <laughs> I would love a rematch at Alabama in the SEC championship game. Because in this scenario, we have won at Missouri. We've beaten Georgia. Georgia lost to Ole Miss and we we won out and made it to the SEC right. championship Correct. game in that scenario. Yeah, bring yeah. me Alabama. I want to beat the best. I oh, would love I in the last we- in the last season of SEC divisions to play Alabama in the SEC championship and beat them. I would love it cuz it would that it would we would win. It, it would take that Florida loss and put it way in the rear view t- for me.
1: Do you think that we would beat Alabama if we got them again?
0: I don't think that you can look at the first half in Tuscaloosa, how this team and, played, right, and ignore the fact that we we were in that game. So the second half was one of those things where Alabama scored two plays into the second half, and it just got away from us.
1: Well, they were um, cheating.
0: <laughs> obviously, they were cheating, <laughs> and in the SEC championship game, they won't be able to do that because oh, I I heard that um, in I think in some bowl games, I don't know, I didn't read the article. But they're gonna allow helmet communication in college football. Yeah, that'd be sick. So what if they did that in the SEC championship game and then Alabama can't cheat?
1: Yeah, Donner Stallions can't do his work <laughs> if if there's helmet communication.
0: Exactly. So I don't know. Um, yes. And, but here's the other thing. I don't necessarily if Tennessee made it to the SEC championship game, I don't know that I necessarily want to play against Lane Kiffen. Because really? I, I don't know. I don't think that I do because it just oh, feels buddy. like that would be like, be like the ultimate like middle finger to make it there, and then he gets to beat us in the SEC
1: championship. No, I would take Ole Miss over Alabama every day of the week because I genuinely feel like we could beat Ole Miss pretty soundly, and I think that if the whistles were against us in Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine how bad the whistles would be against us in Atlanta with a chance for Alabama to get to the SEC champion, to get to the college football playoff, like a real chance. Yeah. I couldn't imagine that. Like the Ristols would definitely be against us. Yeah. Because do I think that, let's just say that this scenario happens. Do I think that the committee would take a two loss Tennessee SEC champion over one of the three Big Ten teams or two of the Big Three Ten teams? Sorry, two of the three <laughs> Big Ten teams. Yeah, There we go. We or go. like a one-loss Big 12 Texas. Or, you know, do I think that they would take a two-loss Tennessee? No, I don't. Do I think that they would take a one-loss SEC champion Alabama? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. yeah.
0: That's, I mean, that's, that's fair.
1: I don't know. For me, I, guess- I would much rather play Ole Miss. But... All right. I don't know. I mean, do, I I do think going back to the game, I do think that I wouldn't be shocked if Kentucky won outright. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would so be. Come on, I, Devin Leary, do it for me one time, please. And I would Ray be, Davis.
0: I would enjoy it. I would think it was really funny, but it but it would surprise me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, surprising, sure. Shocked, eh, maybe not. <laughs> um. I guess we can go ahead and dive into the pub dubs, and we'll start with the Tennessee and Missouri game. We'll do a little yeah. preview of this and then go right into the pub dubs. Um, the Tennessee Volunteers, the tw- 12th-ranked Tennessee Volunteers, 13th? 13th, I think. 13th-ranked Tennessee t- Volunteers traveled to Columbia, Missouri to play the 14th-ranked Missouri Tigers. Um, I think... Oh, man, this game—I said this a few weeks ago—that the Missouri game worries me. I said the Missouri game was going to be the game that worried me, and I'm going to tell you something, Justin. Okay, tell me. I've gone completely 180. Oh, I'm not scared about this game at all. I'll I roll. think Tennessee is going to roll in there with the orange britches on <laughs> and just whip some Missouri ass. You know why I think that? I need to hear it. Tell me why. Because Tennessee and Josh Heupel own Missouri. Mm-hmm. I believe the final score of the last two games was like 66 to 24 and like 66 to 14 or something like that. I mean, they were talking about it today, I believe on SEC Net. ICC now um, that, you know, Tennessee just doesn't lose to Missouri. They just don't do that. And not only do they not lose to Missouri, they blow Missouri out um, under Josh Heupel. Now, the loss of Kamal Haddon might kind of show up a little bit in this game Mm -hmm. uh, because Brady Cook has been a good quarterback. However, the last couple of weeks he hasn't been that great. Um, he's thrown for almost twenty five hundred yards this year.
0: Yeah.
1: The kicker though is Luther Burden, has almost a thousand of those yards. And Luther Burden got hurt against Georgia. Yeah. So if Luther Burden, who is questionable this game, if he doesn't play, I don't think that this is a close game at all. And Eli Drinkowitz or Elijah Drinkowitz or whatever the hell his name is. Coach Drink um that nerd over there he he has not signaled that burden's going to end up playing it kind of sounds like he's going to be kind of doubtful um i'm not worried about missouri at all the fact that this is a 330 game i think is a huge boost in tennessee's favor i don't like night games on the road i hate that um kind of gives me ptsd to the south carolina game i don't like night games on the road you give me a 330 game on the road i feel a lot better <laughs> Missouri is not a very loud environment. So I don't think that our offense is going to struggle. Missouri's defense is not crazy good. So I don't think, you know, we're going to struggle there. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super worried. I I mean, I think, of course, Joe Milton has to have a good game. At this point of the season, that's kind of like a second thought, right? If Joe Milton has a bad game, we're not going to win. Bottom line. But I think that Joe Milton has shown over the last couple of weeks, even dating back to the first half of the Alabama game, the dude's balling. The dude's playing phenomenal right now. Um, and so he's playing to the point that I'm like, maybe I just wish that maybe he could come back next year. <laughs> um, but I, I think that he's going to have a good game. I think our running back is going to have a good game, and I think Tennessee's going to roll. Uh, how do you feel about it? I love your confidence. Oh, and don't don't
0: don't do it. Well, listen, I've been the guy this year that's been like we we need that swagger back as Tennessee fans. We need to go into these games and feel confident cuz we do have a good coach. We've got good players. We can compete with anybody. The the only thing that concerns me a bit is it is that we haven't looked great on the road. I know we we managed to win at Kroger Field, um but Tennessee beats Kentucky. That's what we do. Um, so that one wasn't a surprise to me. I, I mean, we've looked good in spurts. I do think Joe Milton, I think he's playing better, but I think part of that is also play choice. Um, although I, I think that with, when Cooper Mays came back, it gave a boost to the offense. Um, um, you know, I, I think even though I, I know Missouri's run defense is is pretty good, but I think we'll be able to, to run against them because there hasn't been a team that has managed to slow down this rushing attack, um, really. So I think we'll be able to run the ball. I, I am encouraged by the fact that last week against UConn, this team, for in, in my mind, for the first time this year, looked like last year's team. Um,
1: yeah, they did,
0: and it was the first time that we've seen that all year. Like th- they looked like they were having fun. We had the explosive plays, defense pitched in. Our special teams are looking just fine. I that's one thing I'm I'm grateful about. Like under Hypo, I think our special teams have always been solid, and I think that they still are. So. It really to me comes down to what's what's Missouri's motivation gonna be in this game I don't think that coach drink likes us at all well I don't like it's, him I don't I don't like him either and I will say like if Missouri fans want to squawk about the fact that we're deserved a, a butt whooping from them because we beat them 66 24 and 62 24 the last two years
1: well don't just shut so up. Fact-
0: jump back to 2018 and 2017 when they beat us 50 to 17 two years in a row.
1: Yeah, well don't suck too.
0: Yeah, I mean, this I actually that's one of the things that jumps out to me, you know, since we've been playing Missouri starting in 2012. This game is only two of those games you would call close. The rest of them are blowouts one way or the other. So right. so that's kind of interesting. We're on a four-game winning streak uh against Missouri.
1: I I feel I, that make it five, Justin. Make it five. Come on. You know you I, want to. The dream's alive, dude. The dream is alive. So so my
0: heart my heart, of course, says that Tennessee is gonna win this game. That's that's my heart. My head and my battered vol syndrome tells me this is a game we could slip up. But for us to get to where I think we need to be this year and where we should be i i think we need to win we need to win this game so i i believe in coach hype i would take him 10 out of 10 times over coach drink um missouri is not an sec school we've owned them the last two years reach it and they're nerds they're nerds we're gonna be wearing them orange britches and you know what there is something about them orange, br- orange britches, so I, I think Tennessee's going to pull it out. I, th- I think orange
1: britches—they get all the bitches, baby. Let's yeah. go. I think Tennessee's Tennessee.
0: going to win. I and do you do you feel like it's going to be close, or do you feel you you feel like this is going to be another blowout?
1: I feel like we're going to go in there and just beat the brakes off of them. I think that Georgia kind of like broke their spirit last week, and we're just going to break their soul. Like we're, we're just gonna, we're going to come in there and just say, you know, daddy's in town, the sheriff's in town and, and we're just, it's going to be, I think this is going to be a blowout. (laughs) Okay. I'm so, I'm so supremely confident in this game. Justin, I haven't done it in a few weeks. The bet the mortgage play is oh. Tennessee minus one and a half balls Ooh. easy bet the mortgage all day.
0: I will say, Tennessee. If, if Tennessee wins, it's it's going to be by way more than one and a half. So, you know th- that's an easy play. All right. I mean, you're you, you would think that your confidence would bleed over to me, but you've been so skeptical in so many games this year, and I've been confident that right. it makes me worried. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, the games that I've been, I will say this, the games that I've been very confident in, I normally end up having to lick my wounds the following podcast. I know, that's scary, Kevin. So I'm very scared about that. (laughs) All right. Well, that being said, I I want, you know, we'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. Give me the balls. Give me the balls.
0: All right. Yeah, I'm putting us all... And and Landon, while he isn't here this week, Landon also picked the balls in this game as as our official first pick of Pub Dubs. And I I, I do want to say, Kevin, the way you transitioned into Pub Dubs, I I feel like you did that on purpose so we didn't revisit the the, the Week 10 results one more time and just mention, Kevin, you set a new record last week. No one on this podcast, not even our celebrity picker Tom, has gone one and nine. (laughs)
1: Hey man, I, I thought we were playing
0: golf rolls last week, Lois did You did it. I mean, <laughs> luckily you did
1: luckily you didn't go over because it was close. What was my one win? I don't even remember what my one win was.
0: I'm gonna have to go back and, and look, but um I feel I like I know
1: the I think the problem was was that I picked a couple upsets in college football and then I I zagged when you guys zigged. I you know, I had t- the last Two weeks ago, I had a bad week, and you guys caught me. And then I was like, all right, I got to build up some ground. So I had to zag where you guys zigged, and it didn't work out for me. Oh, now I know I'm what
0: you were Your one game was James Madison. We all got James oh, Madison. Oh,
1: yes. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's saved Go Dukes. <laughs> yeah, go
1: Dukies. Oh, that's <laughs> unbelievable. That's James so Madison. embarrassing.
0: Still alive. Oh my gosh. No. Um. But yeah, all right. So, we're going to jump back. Our first pick of this week is actually a game going on. As we record this on Thursday night, this game is tomorrow night, and it's our first NCAA basketball pick of the season. Your number nine Tennessee Volunteers are traveling to Madison, Wisconsin to play the Badgers in a Big Ten SEC matchup. The matchup predictor has Wisconsin with a 52.9% chance to win this game. And they blew out their first cupcake opponent. They scored 105 points. So the Badgers can score. Now we know Tennessee can play some defense. That's Rick Barnes' trademark is locked down elite defense. So I don't expect them to score 100 points when they play Tennessee uh, tomorrow night. But Tennessee is going to have to find a way to score some points. And I think maybe we've got some answers to that this year. But good road test. Second game of the year. Kevin can Tennessee go on the road and beat Wisconsin in
1: Madison? Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Not just yeah, but hell, yeah. All right. In the words of Stone Cold Steve Austin, a uh, hell, yeah. Uh, I think last week, seven days ago, I said that I'm not too sure about this Tennessee team. Mm-hmm. Hang the freaking banner, bro. We're going to the Final Four. This oh. team's unreal. This team's unreal. Dalton Canette is him. We we are a problem. Regular season Rick, no more. Uh he is he is the Deacon Barnes. Uh, once again, we are he's gonna win the coach of the year. Um and, and Tennessee's Tennessee's gonna win the national championship. We're gonna oh, have a parade God. in Knoxville. Yeah. Right? I'm telling you, man, I feel all it took was one game (laughs) and a couple of articles and predictions from ESPN people for me to be like, yep, I'm in. I'm in. Put put the coal in the in the in the steam, put the coal in the in the, you know, the part of the train that makes it go. And (laughs) the hype trains going, buddy, the hype trains going national championship or bust. Oh, I hate myself. I hate myself.
0: I, I've felt like this for the last not, not necessarily last year, but there have been I am going to say a handful of years over the last five or six years that early in the season I am like, this is the team, this is the team that is going to break the elite eight barrier and make it to the final four and possibly get us to that promised land, and we just Tennessee has just not been able to do it on the court um, for one reason or another, and so it's hard for me. Even though I hate that all these analysts are now saying, oh, Tennessee, they look like they could be a Final Four team. I wish Tom Izzo hadn't said that about us. I, I wish, I, I can't remember, was it Seth Greenberg that picked Tennessee to win the national championship or something? Yes. He picked us to win it all. That's insane. Why would he do that? I don't want Because we're good. <laughs> but I don't want that heat. I don't want that smoke. I want everybody to continue to call. Rick Barnes regular season Rick and let's and let's go out and play some games and see what happens. I look, I think that Tennessee is going to be good. I think Connect and Ganey are like I mean, two of the best most effective transfers that we've gotten on this team probably since the portal has become a thing. Um and they're going to be big time contributors this year with ZZ coming back with, you know, another year of Josiah Jordan James who can finally play a more natural sort of off-ball position. Um, you know, you, you, have got, uh, Vescovy back. You've got a lot of contributors. This is a deep team. I do think that there are going to be some bumps in the road. We're not, we're not, Tennessee is not going to go undefeated this year.
1: No, 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 no. I'm not hanging that banner.
0: Um, and I, and I think that, you know, early in the season, this kind of thing can happen. You're you, this, you know, we're going to play at Wisconsin's place. One of my concerns is that Tennessee doesn't have the big guys that are going to be able to dominate the boards. Um, we're going to play a lot of small ball this year, I think. And so I think we're going to consistently lose that rebound battle. Um, so that worries me a bit. And I, and we're playing a legitimately good basketball team in Wisconsin. So I, I think I'm, I'm going to do this for the good of the Vols. I'm going to pick Wisconsin in this
1: game. Good, good. Pick against Tennessee, because that yeah. turned out great for me the last time I did it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to pick Wisconsin. That way we don't have, because Landon picked the Vols, so that way it's not uh, all three of us, and, and maybe that'll help with the mojo and we get that win. Because that, that would be a very big early season, true road win that, you know, we could really it build on. Yeah,
1: It would. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, I wish that I could say that I'm not super confident about this Tennessee team, but... I don't know, watching them against Michigan State, I know that's the preseason, doesn't matter, watching them against Michigan State, and then watching them against Tennessee Tech and how deep they are, how we just kept scoring. Didn't matter who was on the court, we just kept scoring. I was like, okay, man, Like, he's got a deep team. Yeah. He they, Like Landon said last week, the players on this team are there to do it. Mm-hmm. you know the roster is there it's it, really i mean i know you aren't here anymore but every like i like we had talked about last week every, everywhere around here is saying this was the best best team that ricks had um best roster that ricks had and seeing it, you know so far this season and the preseason i'm like okay i and last week i was like no that grant admiral team was much better but i'm like that's what oh. i was thinking yeah. I think that this roster is pretty damn good and very deep. Um, so I, I, I don't know who would win in a game of like an actual game if it was five on five, no bench. I think the Grant and Admiral team would win. Um, but our bench is deep. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I, I, I do like Tennessee. On on Friday night. The basketballs.
0: Alright, so we got two picks for the Vols, one for Wisconsin. And uh, looking forward to a a really good season, so that should be really fun. Alright, moving on to Saturday. Um, There's a theme to my picks this week. And I specifically did this, all but one of them, because I feel like we have to talk about it, uh, the Ole Miss-Georgia game. All but one of the teams, uh, or, or games, college and NFL, all of the teams that are playing at home are underdogs.
1: So this you did that on purpose. Yes. I just now noticed that. You put that to me. I did. You did the road doggy on purpose. You bastard. It's it's
0: road dog special week, and so we're going to see how this goes. Um, Saturday, we're going to start with the Big Ten. We got number three, the cheating Michigan Wolverines visiting um, Penn State, and Michigan is minus three and a half. Landon said Michigan because they stole uh, Penn State's game plan allegedly. Um, Kevin, what do you think we got uh, this is this is maybe the the best challenge that Michigan's had so far this year. So can Penn State and uh, the fighting James Franklins uh, defend their home field?
1: Well, is this a good time? Do you want to talk about the Michigan scandal now or do you want to save it for next week?
0: Let's save it for next week so Landon can get in on that.
1: Okay, yeah, let's save it for next week. I'm sure a lot more details will come out between now and next right. week anyway. It keeps getting <laughs> its It's one of the craziest things I think I've ever seen. <laughs> um, that being said, I'm sure Michigan has Penn State signs. Through news that we found out this week, I'm sure Penn State has Michigan signs as well <laughs> because everybody else in the Big Ten does. <laughs> um, I... I think if there's one coach that's taking this sign-stealing thing to heart that is super intense, well, there's two coaches that are, but this is one of the two. Mm -hmm. And I think that the one, one, I think the most intense coach in the Big Ten is James Franklin. Mm -hmm. And I think Happy Valley, even though it's a noon kickoff, they're going to stripe the stadium. I think Penn State's going to beat Michigan. I think... Penn State wins. I think they rush the field. I think the Nittany Lions hand to Michigan the loss, and Michigan's first real tough, real test this season. Um, and I think the drama is finally going to catch up to Michigan, and I think Penn State wins outright. All right.
0: Uh, l- well, so we've got a split here. We've got uh, Kevin. You're taking Penn State. Landon's got Michigan. Um, you know in the in the preseason, when we first started talking college football, I had Michigan as one of my playoff teams. Uh, it's crazy to me that they still look as strong as they do amid all of this distraction, because it's not just the science-stealing stuff. There's other stuff going on in Michigan right now. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of nuts up there. Uh, I think... I don't know. I, I think I, I still, I, I'm going to stick with my game plan here. And, and, you know, if, if I believed that Michigan was going to run the table preseason, I'm, I'm going to stick with it here. So I think I'm going to go with Michigan in this one. Cheaters. Um,
1: you support cheaters is what you're saying.
0: I'm not saying I support them. I'm just saying, I think that they will use their, <laughs> their, if <competitive laughs> they're <knowledge> cheating <laughs> to uh, lead them to a victory. All right. Next game up. We got number 22, Oklahoma state traveling to Orlando to play the University of Central Florida Knights. Don't call them the Golden Knights. I learned that the hard way. Oklahoma State, minus two in this one. So UCF is the home dog, of course, in the space game, in the bounce house. And I put this on here because I, I work with a guy who is a UCF grad. He's a big UCF fan, and he has been so deflated. I think the ba- the Baylor game broke his back this year after uh, Baylor came back and beat UCF the way that they did, and he just hasn't been able to recover. But he's going to the game. They're tailgating. They're making a big thing of it. And I was like, listen up, man. UCF is going to do the thing. They are going to spoil Oklahoma State's season. This is... I'm going to bet two points on this one. We're introducing a new rule this week, which I should have set up, and I forgot to. If any of the games you decide to pick the underdog... You can bet two points on it. If you win, you get two. If you lose, it counts as two losses. I'm going UCF as my big dog this weekend to defend the bounce house and give me two points. Kevin, over to you.
1: Uh, I was going to pick Oklahoma State. I will say that. It's on my paper, Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. But then you told me about the space uniforms. And how they're undefeated in the space uniforms. And so I will be switching my pick to the (laughs) space uniforms and UCF because I believe in superstitions. So give me UCF and the space unis. Perfect. All right. Um,
0: Now, Landon, I don't think Landon gave us any uh, big dogs like double dogs for this week. I'll have to reach out to him and ask if he wants to double down on anything. Um, But just keep in mind, Kevin. Uh, for any of these games if you pick the underdog you can you can double down.
1: Oh, I'm saving my big dog. Don't worry. All right. All right.
0: Now we are moving over to the ACC. We've got Pittsburgh at Syracuse. Pittsburgh is the road team and of course they're favored. Pittsburgh -1. Landon is taking the road favorite in Pittsburgh Panthers. Kevin, you got the Orange or you got the Panthers? What do you think?
1: Pitt gave Florida State all a huge fit last week. Spitting gave bars. Pitt gave him a fit. Um, that being said, Syracuse and the Carrier Dome, I like Dino Babers. Give me the orange. Okay.
0: I don't know enough about Syracuse this year to be honest me with Me either. You know, <laughs> haven't paid any attention to them whatsoever. Um, I've been, you know, I have seen Pitt. Usually after Tennessee plays a team a couple years I kind of keep an eye on them just to see what they're doing. Neither one of these teams has a good record. Syracuse is 4 and 5, Pittsburgh is 2 and 7, 1 and 4 in the ACC, but Syracuse is 0 and 5. They haven't gotten their first ACC win, so that might be a little motivation. Also, it looks like that line has moved. It's Pittsburgh minus 3 now. Um playing in the Bronx. They're playing in Yankee Stadium. I didn't realize oh, that. Oh shit.
1: Okay, no, Syracuse by a million. They're okay. playing in the BX. Okay, I did not know that they were in the Bronx. I didn't either. Why is that happening? I don't Maybe know. Northwestern and Iowa played at uh, Wrigley Field last week, so they might be playing in, you know, stadiums. I didn't know that they were playing in the Bronx. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I think...
0: Man, I really don't have a read on this at all. I, I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go Pittsburgh in this one um, because I don't know, and I think that Pittsburgh has the better quarterback between the two, so that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> and I wrote Pitts, and I'm going to stay with it. They're the Pitts, yeah. Arm Yeah. All right, we already picked the number 17, Tennessee at 12, Missouri-Tennessee minus one and a half. Let me see if that is still the line because, man, Up to by two. The time I, it's two? Yeah. Okay. These lines move around still comment. bet the mortgage on Tennessee minus 2. All right. Now we got a Pac-12 matchup, Washington State at California. Now when I picked this game on the list, it was even, but I considered that to mean California was a home dog. Um because usually you get 3 points for being at home. Washington State has had their moments this year. They've looked pretty good. So I I don't think, I mean, I don't think Cal has done all that much, so this was kind of a shock to me. Landon has picked Washington State in this game, and I think you know. Again, I one of the things that I go to when you do have a close game. Oh, Cal's the home favorite now, minus one. Um, I think you look at the quarterbacks, and um, Washington State they've got the quarterback that has been putting up the numbers. So his numbers are seventeen touchdowns to four interceptions. So I am going to go Washington State in uh, this game. So actually now that would be an upset, but Kevin, what do you think?
1: I'm also going with Washington State. Why? Sorry, Washington I don't know, man. But I'm I just like Washington State in this part in this spot. Sorry, Cougars. We just we whammied you. Sorry, guys.
0: What are the records we're looking at here? Washington State four and five and California three and six. So one and five, both in the pac twelve at one and five. So somebody's gotta win. All right. For the SEC matchup of the week, number ten, Ole Miss is visiting Georgia. Number two, Georgia minus eleven and a half. And so normally I don't pick games where the line is more than seven, but I had to pick this one because it has a lot of implications here. Ole Miss needs the win if they want to stay alive in the West. We need Georgia to lose if Tennessee has any shot of making the SEC championship. And plus, it's a top 10 game. And it is always wild to me when you see two top 10 teams and the line is more than 10. So put it on the list. Landon picked Old Miss to get the win on the road. Uh, Kevin, do you think Lane Kiffin can go in there and do Tennessee a favor and take down number two
1: Georgia? Hey, listen, a couple of weeks ago. I sat on this show, this very podcast, and this very microphone, in this very seat, and I said that everything that Tennessee had left to play for was gone. The SEC Championship was gone. The SEC East was gone. The college football playoff was gone. It was all gone. The New Year's Six Bowl was gone. I was wrong. And I think... I would love nothing more than there to be an SEC East championship game in the Generals' house next weekend on a 3.30 kick on CBS where I can go to College Game Day because you know College Game Day will be here. I can go to College Game Day. We can have the Once Upon a Saturday tour from Pate State here, Josh Pate here, all eyes on the Generals' house in Knoxville, Tennessee, where the Tennessee Volunteers would play for the SEC East. And in order for that to happen, the big dog has to bite. So I'm making this my big dog bet as the Ole Miss Rebels and Lane Kiffin get it done. One time, Lane will come through for the Tennessee Volunteers, and he's going to do it today or Saturday against Georgia. Ole Miss outright. Woof. Wow. Under the lights in Athens. Okay. I would and love then, to Spoiler, see I'm picking Tennessee next week, too. <laughs> <laughs> you can't give that away. Balls by a million. I,
0: I love the setup. I love the story. I love that that's even a possibility. I think, like I said, I don't think Georgia is great. I think they're very good. I think Ole Miss is good. And I think that Lane Kiffin is a guy who can coach some offense. So the question is, can Georgia score enough points to win the game? I think I might do the, the mojo move here and pick Georgia just because I don't want all of us to pick Ole Miss and, and mess up anything. We just, you just said you, you think superstition is a thing in sports. I I think it is too. And we, it's too many times we've had games where we all pick the same team and they lose so, so can
1: you can you change your pick to Missouri too?
0: I know I was think I sitting thinking <laughs> about that, but no, I don't want to do that so i'm I'm gonna pick Georgia in this one um it, it would make it sad i I love the the whole image the whole picture you painted of an SEC championship next week in Knoxville, Tennessee in general Neyland's big damn house of football. That sounds beautiful to me. Um,
1: Just imagine it for a second.
0: I'm imagining it. I love it. I'm living in that jerseys. I'm living in that world right now.
1: And I bet we were the original smoky gray jerseys. Not the, not the new ones, the original smoky grays or the black jerseys. Three thirty kick all eyes on the greatest college football town in the world. Now here's Tennessee wins.
0: I know we're skipping ahead a week, but in that world, if Tennessee won that
1: game, do the fans storm the field again? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. The goalposts are going right back in the river, baby. (laughs) Rip (laughs) Billis. Oh, speaking of that. Put it on the man. tab,
0: <laughs> man. My, so speaking of that, my buddy uh, that I work with, he told me that there's been some rumblings that if UCF beats Oklahoma state, that they're storming the field and they're going to take down the goalpost. <laughs> and so yes, I was like, do it. Oh, power and he, he said, it's so funny. Cause he was like, you know, when I see other teams do it, I'm like, oh, come on, you know, act like you've been there before. But he's like, now that we're talking about doing it, if UCF wins on Saturday, I'm absolutely storming the field.
1: <laughs> Yeah, get down there. What Do lake? Are you, what lake? Don't throw the goalposts in the ocean.
0: No, they have a big reflecting fountain that that's like a big deal on campus, and oh. I guess they're—I
1: guess that's where they're going. Imagine if they took it to the ocean, though. I mean, I mean, that'd be a long walk, but like, you'd never get those goalposts back ever.
0: I have another question about this: the the tradition of now that it seems to be happening of fans throwing goalposts into bodies of water. Did we start that? Because it happened in 98 when Tennessee beat Florida. One of the one of the goalposts went marching down Cumberland Avenue, and then the other went in the river. And I'm just wondering, I know we did it against Alabama last year, but I've seen now other teams are doing this, and it's like a thing.
1: Did we start it? Yeah. I think that's a Tennessee thing. I think we started it. Huh, well. And for the record, nobody rushes the field like the Tennessee Volunteers. Agreed. Best Nothing's even close. Fourth.
0: Yeah. All right, so that that wraps up our college picks. we got three NFL games. Um, I put this first one on the list because, I mean, I I just can't stop giving enough love to Joshua Dobbs, quarterback now of the Minnesota Vikings, who came back and beat the Atlanta Falcons on a game-winning drive. I pulled up on Sunday to the the Deviant Wolf Brewery here in Sanford, and the game was on. I got to watch the last few minutes, so I saw the game-winning drive. I was so thrilled for Joshua Dobbs. And, and, Kevin, I know you said you watched the video of the locker room celebration and and Josh Dobbs getting the game ball and getting lifted on his teammates' shoulders and celebrated, getting the appreciation that we both know Josh Dobbs deserves, and it made you cry. Dude, same. I, I had tears running down my face watching that video because I'm just so proud of Joshua Dobbs and the way that he continues to just operate with class and operate with just performance G- going, going into that game against the Falcons, not taking one practice snap and still managing to lead the team to victory. That just says something about him. And and man, I, I really hope that he finds a landing place, a permanent landing place. Cause he deserves to be a quarterback in the NFL. So we're picking the saints at the Vikings, the saints, Minus two and a half, going to visit. Um, wh- what I hear is one of the best stadiums in in all of the world, uh, the new Vikings Stadium. Landon picked the fighting Josh Dobbs, and I got to tell you, I'm I'm doing the exact same thing. I I I just I, and I know that you know this is me being biased, wearing my orange colored glasses, but I Joshua Dobbs is one of my all time favorite Vol for lifes. I love that guy. I think he's I think he's got such a big heart and you know it would be a little tip of the cap because he is an aerospace engineer he works with nasa so the connection to ucf and the space game we're gonna get all that mojo going joshua dobbs and the vikings (laughs) gonna win at home home over the saints that's my pick what do you think
1: yeah man uh the josh dobbs thing has been so cool um you know i i've i've been long saying you know well we had him first he's our baby chill out Um, You know, we were shaving our eyebrows years ago um, to be like Dobbs. So chill out. Um, But it's so cool to see like him succeed in the NFL and everybody love him and he just get the recognition that he deserves because he does deserve it. Yeah. Um, Big time VFL. You know, love everything that he did at the University of Tennessee. Um, And you know, how could you pick against him? He's of all. You know. That's right. But there's another ball on the field, and while <laughs> I love jobs, Alvin Kamara is my favorite ball for life. Oh. So give me the Saints, right? Give me That's the great. fighting Alvin Kamara's. The sixth God once again comes through. The only player worth a damn on the Saints. Um, Alvin Kamara does it. I, I, I just love me some Alvin, man. I can't pick against Alvin. All right, I.
0: I will argue and say uh it, according to my fantasy football team Taysom Hill is also pretty valuable. He helped <laughs> he helped me win last week because I plugged him in at tight end and he got me 20 points. So
1: Taysom Hill's good. Taysom Hill's good. He's no Alvin Kamara though.
0: No, that's true. All right. 49ers at Jaguars, San Francisco coming all the way across the country to play in Jacksonville at the Jaguar's second home cuz their first one is in London. But uh, San Francisco, minus three in this game. Landon's picking the 49ers. He's got the 49ers. You know, the way I look at it, I think it's always hard to go cross country. But Kevin, what do you think? Do you think Landon's on to something here? Can the Jaguars take down the Trevor uh, Lawrence-led Jacksonville Jaguars?
1: Yeah, I think the Niners are going to win this game. I think the addition of Chase Young... Um, at the trade deadline is going to be a big addition. They were on a bye week last week, so we didn't really get, we didn't get to see that uh, come to fruition yet. Uh, but I, I do think I think Chase Young is one of the best defenders in the league when he's healthy, and he's healthy right now, so I think he's going to get a chance to be on a winning team, and I think the Niners are going to come out here and take care of business pretty easily against the Jags. Ooh, pretty easy. Okay.
0: All right. Well, Brock Purdy has been a pretty good quarterback for the 49ers this year, which was a surprise to me because, you know, I put all my chips a couple years ago on Trey Lance um, being my franchise fantasy quarterback, and that didn't work out, but... Yikes. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> that was a bad one, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's all good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I This is one of those that... I, I, I think the 49ers probably should win, but Jacksonville six and two, they're having a good year. They're playing. I mean, I, you know, they're kind of coming into their own as, as far as, you know, being a, being a, a favorite in their division and a, and a playoff contender and they've had a good run. They, they've won their last five, five. Are they on a five game winning streak now?
1: They are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Pretty good. It's after losing a couple, they lost uh Kansas City and Houston, but uh they've won five straight. So I, I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Jags in this one. I think I think they're gonna keep the streak alive and I I mean, like I said, I, I think it's it's just tough. It's tough to travel cross cross country in a close game. I think the Jags are gonna defend home court here. All right. We're gonna wrap it up. With a, a bird game. It's the Falcons at Cardinals. Atlanta is minus two and a half in this one. Landon picked the Cardinals as his underdog in this game.
1: Uh, is Kyler Murray back? He is. He's playing. Okay. <laughs> yep. That influences my pick a lot. <laughs> well,
0: being that being the case, then I'm also going to pick the Cardinals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will be doing that as well. <laughs> Once okay. I saw today, it came out today that he was playing. Once I saw that I was like, yep, we'll be picking the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. Cuz on my soft- paper I had the Falcons. But I was like, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> it
0: kind of softens that blow a little bit of like cuz okay, so we talked about Josh Dobbs. He he was the Cardinals starting quarterback for the first what, 5 games, 6 games. Mhm. Uh, um and then they they what's in in news that was a surprise to me and and I didn't understand why they benched him. Um and said that they were going to start. I think his name was Tune. Um, yeah,
1: Clayton Tune.
0: Tune. Yeah, and so that didn't make any sense. But then, you know, Joshua Dobbs got traded to the Vikings, and it seemed like that was probably what was going on. But, but, and also maybe they knew Murray was on his way back, and and Dobbs was valuable right. to somebody. So yeah, I, yeah, I think the Cardinals are gonna they're gonna do it. I, I don't think they're a great team, but I think. I think Murray gives him an edge, and we know Ritter, it, you know, he was undefeated at home, although he, he did lose one. But Yeah, he's a bum. He's not so good on the road, I don't think he so. He let me down, so he's a bum. He's a bum. Bum, 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 bum. And those, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> those are our pub dub picks for Week 11. I'll check with Landon and see if he wants to pick a big dog this week, but uh, um going to be exciting, a little new twist to the pub dubs. And Kevin, maybe you can make up some ground this week. Yeah,
1: I, I really need the lane train to toot toot for me. Uh, or else I'm going to be in some deep, deep shit. Um, but yeah, I think that that will pretty much do it for this week. Um, it's going to be a fun week, fun weekend of college sports. So I want to thank you all once again for tuning in this week. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Maybe hit that subscribe button um, and come back and listen to us some more. Uh, I want to give a huge shout-out once again to my co-host, Justin. Uh, does a great job with the pub dubs and, and trying to figure out a way to make those more interesting and more competitive when I suck during the weekend. Um, a big shout-out to our other co-host, Landon, who was not on this week. He's in Disney, so I guess that's a pretty good reason. Yeah. He's um good. <laughs> I mean I guess that's I guess that suffices. Um and of course, a shout out to our producer Joe oh. for making us sound good, making us sound professional. Um big shout out to his you Dukes, Undefeated again, 9-0. Gave me my only win last week. So thank you. Um, but we do hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Be sure to follow us on the sport on the socials at boozy sports pod. Um, I do want to give one more shout out. I'm sorry to Paul, one of our listeners who, who takes my bet, the mortgage bets. I, I really hope you didn't really bet your mortgage on Notre Dame last week. Uh, cause if you did, yikes. Um, Oops. but I do hope you guys have a wonderful week of your college sports and be sure to come back next week bye bye
0: thank you for listening to another episode of moonshine and scoreboards moonshine and scoreboards is a tri M production and is hosted by kevin scott landon doan and Justin Kreutzinger. Our engineer is Joe the Engineer. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcast, or anywhere you get your podcast. You can email us at moonshineandscoreboards at gmail.com. Subscribe, tell a friend, and come back next week for all of the fun, the games, the moonshine, and of course, the scoreboards.